The Start On Demand. On demand. Almost as quickly as it went away, the mask mandate is coming back to Manitoba for indoor public places. And a number of provincial workers who deal with the public on the front lines are going to be required to get vaccinated or be subject to frequent testing. Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts has died at the age of 80. We spoke to musicologist Alan Cross about that, and we asked you, what music did your parents introduce you to? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb, who's back tomorrow. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, and this is the Wednesday, August 25th podcast for The Start. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back tomorrow. If Kanye West wants to change his name to simply to Yay, then I want to change my name to Mega. Would you change yours to Greg if you had to go that route and shorten it? Well, if we're going the call response route, and if I'm in a feud with Kanye West, it would be Boo to counteract his Yay. <laughs> That's just terrible. Talk about being desperate for attention. Yeah. Seriously, man. You have all the money in the world. You know, you, you live this glamorous life, and at 44, yeah, you know what? I'm done with a real name. I'm just going to go down this road of a two-letter name. <laughs> Nothing else. And that, that, like, think of the time that takes. Anyway, good luck to you, Kanye. And then the next step, of course, will be to change it to a symbol. Yes, of course. That's the evolution, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, I think in, there should be something in there, the artist formerly known as. Oh, uh, anyway. So yeah. I just that, that made me laugh as Jeff Braun was wrapping up his newscast there. So hello there. Good morning. And um, I'm still, I'm hanging on, Greg. I, I refuse. I'm, I'm taking the Cam Poitras route. Cam puts on shorts. He's like Tom Milroy. They put on their shorts, I think, in April. And they don't take them off until... Uh, I don't know, until it snows, I guess. I'm not quite that hardcore, but I the last three mornings have challenged me because I keep wearing the shorts. I'm wearing hoodies all week, but I'm wear, I refuse to, t- to put on jeans. And I'm hoping that this forecast takes a turn. Looks like it's going to warm up in a few days. So. It is, is it? Yeah. I don't mind the cooler weather. I like jeans. I like hoodies. I like snuggling uh, under a blanket. Uh, yesterday I was uh, outside uh, in our screen gazebo with all the with all the glass open and the breeze was so nice. I needed a blanket to have my nap out there yesterday afternoon. I Ooh. broke down and, and had a nap yesterday. And, oh, my gosh, it was so fantastic. It was like where we were on the weekend at our friend's place. We had uh, the little guest cabin and it had windows on three sides. And so the windows were wide open. And it's you wake up in the morning and, and like, you almost can't get out of bed. It's so chilly. Yep. But it's the best sleep 
you'll ever have. Yeah. It's like camping without being in a tent or a trailer. It's outstanding. No, I mean, and uh, I, I'm not uh, at all upset at the cold temperatures. I, I have enjoyed, I've had better sleeps of late with, uh, I like to sleep, with, I have the windows open almost all the time anyway, uh, except when it gets like blistering hot. But uh, I do sleep better when it's cold. Like I, I napped so hard yesterday. I think I fell asleep in a leftover pizza coma uh, shortly after two and woke up at six, like uninterrupted. It's probably the longest uninterrupted sleep I've had in a few weeks. So. Well, I'm surprised that uh, your phone wasn't binging off its uh, place of rest based on all the silly text messages I was sending you yesterday. Oh, you I should have two text messages. I should have gotten a hint that, uh, you know, I apologize, Brett. Uh, I don't like to uh, interrupt you, but sometimes I just got to send you stuff when the uh, Well, no apology strikes. required. I had my phone on silent. Okay, good. Uh, for one. And two, I had it on the other side of the room. It was charging. Okay, good. Uh, so, you know, I was, I just, I woke up super refreshed. And... Can, can I say something here real quick? Yeah. I'm so excited we're going golfing together today. You haven't swung the, a golf club yet. I haven't swung a golf club at all this year. This is the first time you and I have been golfing together in four years. Has it been four years? It's been four summers. Now, it's not four calendar years. It'll be four years, I think, in September. Because the last time we... Oh, no. I lie. <laughs> I lie. It just feels like it's been that long. We did do a, a golf tournament together and uh, another golf day. I was thinking about the first time we golfed together. Never mind. I'm just excited to golf with you. Was today. It the first time with McNabb? No, we golfed at the players' uh, course. Oh, yeah. That the was players. the first time we went. And did you forget your wallet or something there? Oh. And you had to go back and pick it up. <laughs> no, you know what I forgot to do? I forgot to pay for my drink. Right. Because the cart, uh, the beverage cart, uh, the debit wasn't working. Mm. So I started a tab. So I then, forgot to close the tab. And so they called CJOB. We I found out about this because Kelly Moore texted and they called CJOB uh, to, <laughs> to let them know that I had taken off without paying for my drink. Uh, or was it, I guess it was two drinks. So I, I was halfway home. I had to drive back to the course. So that was funny. So sorry right, about that, right. players, yeah. uh, course. That was our first. And, of course, we have golfed together a couple times since. But anyway, I'm uh, looking forward to getting out on the course with you this afternoon. Yeah, very exciting stuff. And looks like it's going to be a decent day, not the warmest, but that's quite all right. Also, I just got – and we're going to get into this more uh, after 7 o'clock uh, the, with Global's uh, Brittany Greenslade. We'll hear from her at some point about uh, the, the latest shift and the, the return of the masks. But it was interesting to see, and Brian Pallister, Premier Brian Pallister, acknowledged it right away, said, nice to see some people in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had actual bodies in the room with them as they did the news conference. Yeah, that was neat to hear, I suppose. I didn't like it as much, I have to say, listening to it on CJOB, because you couldn't hear the questions nearly as clearly as you could when everybody was in on the Zoom calls or dialing in to the to the news conference. So I actually, <laughs> from a selfish point of view and an audio quality point of view, I actually quite preferred it the other way. I did too. And, uh, and I even sent you a text saying, I miss the voice of Paul White. And now from the Canadian press, Steve. Uh, but eventually they, they did went to go to some phone calls and I said, ah, there's Paul. But yeah, it was hard to hear the questions. Uh, Global's Brittany Greenslade, though, was on fire. 
She was scatting and bebopping like a machine gun, asking question after question after question. It was almost like the, the hounds had been released after being caged for two years of only two questions. It was like one of those electric pepper mills, you know? Have you ever tried one of those? Instead of the crank pepper mills, you can get the electric one. And she was like peppering <laughs> the premier with questions, just uh, right on that button. <laughs> <laughs> Mackling and McGarry, McNabb back tomorrow. We have two tickets for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers versus the Calgary Stampeders this Sunday, August 29th at IG Field. And we are going to ask you the question, what music did your parents like that you now like? What music did your parents introduce you to? Or if you want to go the other way, maybe there's some music that you hate that you despise because your parents liked it maybe played it over and over and over again and you just can't stand it tell us a story at 204-780-6868 for a chance to win those tickets and we're talking about this because the rolling stones of news charlie watts the drummer has died at the age of 80 and i think for a lot of us the rolling stones may have been music that our parents listened to and because of that we now listen to the rolling stones and perhaps you've passed it on to your kids so let's get this started g mac why don't we start with you okay well um i have a lot of dad mom and dad music that i absolutely love but uh the band and the song I'm playing is because of the um, credible memory. Uh, once upon a time, going to the University of Brandon Film Festival it would have been in 1980, not long before John Lennon passed away. And my dad took my brother Kevin and I to see this film from the Beatles. It's been a Yeah, so my dad's only 19 years older than I am. So we have a lot of the same music tastes, and uh, that was one of the first that he introduced me to that I didn't really get. It's like, you know, the Beatles were oldies in 1980 already, <laughs> but when we went to see Hard Day's Night, got a better appreciation for the music my dad loved as a teenager, and my kids love the Beatles as well, so it's actually uh, quite fantastic. Good look at that. All right, Timeless, the Beatles, one of the, the all-time great bands, of course. I don't know why I said that, because it's redundant. We all know that. Uh, but let's turn our attention now to Jeff Braun. For me, it's a Christmas album that played every single Christmas when I was growing up, and my sister and I just hated it. But now I just couldn't imagine Christmas without Boney M. Just one of those things where you, you just, you know, you groan about it all the time and then you find yourself at 30 years old just, you know, hearing it at Safeway and just singing along. It's like, why do I know all the words to this? I hate this song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this, I, I always liked this. My mom uh, had this on cassette and she would put this on when uh, she would do her Christmas baking or Christmas crafting or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it, it, was, it was a staple so, indeed, Christmas isn't Christmas for me until I've heard some Boney M. And not just, I think that's probably their big one, but that whole album is good. Didn't they end up doing a second 
Christmas album? I think they I, may have. I, all right, we just we had we had the original one, I know, and we wore that puppy out. Yeah, I think we, I think my dad still has that cassette. Um, Cam Poitras. Well, this is uh, an album that my dad that I absolutely hated that he always played, <laughs> and uh, and then he said, "Listen, when you get older and you know what good music is, you're gonna love it." And I and I've talked uh, about this before, but. Listen, Jesus, I don't like what I see. All I ask is that you listen to me. And remember, I've been your right-hand man all along. <laughs> you have set them all on uh, It's uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, which, uh, like, I've... I've been like onto two musicals in the last little bit. I've just been blasting Hamilton everywhere I go, and and also Jesus Christ Superstar. Like, this is like if I think of my dad, this album I think of my dad the most, and the other one uh, would be uh, co- uh, Afternoons of Coffee Spoons by uh, Crash Test Dummies. Like that's my th- those are those are that's my dad. Like beyond anything, but this this I love this now. So okay, yeah. so when you finally started to like this, did you have a moment where you thought? Right. <laughs> yeah, it was my brother. Actually, he figured it out first. My twin brother, he figured it out first, and then we were in the car one time, and then he started playing, uh, playing it. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, superstar! I hate that. And uh, and then we started listening to it. And I'm like, oh, this is what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good stuff, Forte. For me, it is. A little Super Tramp. My uh, dad loves Super Tramp. Oh, my dad loves Super Tramp too. Oh yeah, they're so good. I love Super Tramp now. My dad would clean to this. He would put this on and he'd clean to it. And he's always cleaning. He was a clean freak. And now I'm a clean freak. And I clean to music. And I listen to Super Tramp. I'm turning to my dad. <laughs> I really am. We all do eventually, Jeff. I it hate happens. to tell you. Every year I see it more and more. I'm becoming Ron. Well, what do they say about men that you grow up to become your father and marry your mother? Well, don't say that. Is the, is don't it, say that. Well, is but it, do those same rules apply in reverse, Greg, for the for the women folk? I do not know, <laughs> but uh, there are rumors to that effect. I can't confirm or deny that. But uh, yeah, I could say that via personal experience, there could be some truth to that. Yep. Okay. And uh, for me, uh, I don't, this isn't like a song that I I go out of my way to listen to, but whenever I hear uh, this song. This is Call Me Awesome (laughs) By Blondie And my You you talked about cleaning Forte And uh, my mom would put this on And I She wouldn't put on repeat But she played this a lot Like this for me was Potentially the song of my childhood As it pertains to my mom And I'll just say uh, If my dad is listening Smash Gordon I remember (laughs) He was playing I think it had, yeah, it was Pink Floyd, and there was some song that had this abysmally long intro. And uh, I, I stuck my head downstairs and said, "What is this garbage that you're listening to, Dad?" <laughs> and he he gave me the business. He said, "Look, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. It just means you don't like it." Well, Dad, I can tell you, I still don't like Pink Floyd. And you know what? I don't <laughs> care. I don't. You, you can come at me if you want. I whenever I, I actually had a date. Or I was talking to this uh, girl once, and I told her I hated Pink Floyd, and she, like, full-on blocked me on Facebook Messenger. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) There are lines that you don't cross with some people, and uh, I don't get the Pink Floyd thing either, Brett, so I'm with you on that. And was the repeat button, like, popular with your mom on Uh, some songs? 
I think so. I can't quite remember. Oh, okay. I mean, this would have been on cassette or vinyl. Oh, so. okay. Well, yeah. you could repeat 45s quite easily. My mom, I, I every time you, you mention your mom and stuff like this, I always imagine your mom and my mom would have gone along quite well, actually. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is back tomorrow. Coming up after Global News at 7.30, we're going to begin our discussion on health and the return to the classroom is now the time for kids to be going back to class. As well, in a moment, we're going to talk about what we learned yesterday when Premier Brian Pallister and Dr. Brent Rusin unveiled their COVID-19 vaccine initiatives and incentives. But before that, we have a text here from Tony on the music that was introduced to us by mom and dad. Tony says he remembers as a kid, mom and dad took him and his brother to their very first concert in Calgary. He says this was the 70s. Went out, bought us new clothes for the concert. The stars were Freddie Fender and Ronnie Millsap. We grew up with this music. Was very hard on us in high school, I can tell you. To this day, when I hear the music, I sing along and think of my mom and dad and smile. Thanks so much for that, Tony. So keep your stories coming on that. We've got bomber tickets to give away for this Sunday's game against Calgary at IG Field, and we will give those away uh, just after 9.15. Right now, we want to talk about how the fourth wave is looming and the variant threat is increasing in Manitoba. Now, this has prompted the province to announce that provincial employees who work with vulnerable people will soon have to be fully vaccinated, Greg, or submit to regular testing. Those affected would be direct health care providers. This includes physicians, nurses, and support staff. Also affected education workers, including teachers, bus drivers, and custodial staff. Child care workers are also included, Brett, as well as public servants who work in high-risk settings or have ongoing contact with the public. Manitoba Justice employees are included as well. Now, the province says this latest move will help protect Manitobans, including children who aren't yet eligible to get vaccinated. Global's Brittany Greenslade has more. Have you had any canker sores or things that haven't healed? Whether it's a visit to the doctor or dropping your child off at school next month. There's one thing Manitobans will know. Those and many other provincial employees must be fully vaccinated. All frontline provincial employees who work with vulnerable populations must be fully immunized by October the 31st or undergo frequent COVID-19 testing. That means people must receive their first dose no later than September 7th and their second by October 17th. Those who choose not to get vaccinated or can't will be required to show proof of a negative COVID test up to three times a week. While the NDP was supportive of the plan, health critic Uzoma Asaguara says it left too many holes, including what kind of test, nasal or rapid, will be required and who will cover the costs. We don't know where, we don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know who's paying for it. We actually don't have any information for Manitobans to be able to make an informed decision. Dr. Brent Rusin says they're still working through those details, but reiterated the importance of getting ahead of the next wave. We certainly can see now that a, a fourth wave is inevitable here in, in, in Manitoba. Um, what isn't inevitable is what that fourth wave could look like. Premier Brian Pallister says his team has watched the stranglehold the Delta variant has taken on other provinces and wants to ensure the same doesn't happen here. Manitoba has delayed the onset of each wave, but when it has come, it has hit us intensely. 
and so we want to avoid a repeat. We don't need to see this rerun again. Uh, we need to get to higher ground to avoid the tsunami. The province is also urging private businesses and organizations to consider their own vaccination requirements to help reduce any outbreaks. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. Now, the Manitoba Teachers Society is sharing its thoughts about the new rules. Society President James Bedford says pre- parents should feel good knowing that schools will be much safer in the fall. Both of these, uh, these steps are, are in the right direction in terms of lowering the anxiety level of those in the public system. I, I hope parents uh, feel somewhat relieved as well. Um, it's not an announcement that says everything's going to be great and COVID's over with, but they're certainly in the right direction. And only three weeks after removing the mask mandate that was in place earlier this year, the province announced masks will soon be required again in all indoor public spaces. This will include schools and all student Students, regardless of age, will be required to mask up when classes start in September. The province will also expand the list of activities and services that can only be accessed if an individual is fully vaccinated. More details on this will be released later this week, Brett. So the mask thing, what was your reaction to that? Well, I I thought, you know, uh, good on the premier. And, you know, you could hear in his voice uh, the fact that this was something that uh, needed to be done. He was uh, aware, and uh, Dr. Rusin also, I, I think there was an acknowledgement that this is to prevent uh, the folly of last fall when they probably knew, the province and health officials probably knew they should have uh, taken stronger action heading into Thanksgiving and didn't. We've lived the ramifications of that decision, and the Premier sort of acknowledged yesterday we don't want a repeat of that. So uh, good on uh, the Premier, good on Dr. Rusin and everyone involved in making this decision and realizing that uh, mistakes have been made in the past, and uh, this is something that we can do to, all fingers crossed, prevent a similar situation as what we saw last year. And in, indeed, like as they pointed out as well, Manitoba is always weeks behind what's happening elsewhere in the country. So the fourth wave is starting to take hold in other provinces. Case counts are going up. And uh, they're, and at, after uh, 8 o'clock, we'll tell you more about the COVID modeling that Dr. Jazz Atwal revealed yesterday. But uh, it's good to see that they are being proactive rather than wait for the case counts to start rising. They're taking these steps. And maybe what we're going to see later this week is what we learned yesterday, Greg, when you talked about BC uh, the lo- with the list of all the things that you can now only do if you're fully vaccinated, like indoor ticketed sports or concerts indoors, indoor theater, restaurants, indoor and patio. So you can't even sit on a patio if you're not fully vaccinated. So I'm curious to see which of these things are going to be Uh, in effect here in Manitoba. Now, our question of the day yesterday was as follows. Provincial employees working on the front lines will have to be vaccinated or undergo frequent testing. Your thoughts? So we had 6% saying thumbs up, uh, 11% say I wish it applied to more more people, and then 82% say thumbs down. This, I think, is probably worth mentioning, though. Uh, We had a lot more votes on this particular question than usual. And uh, overwhelmingly in the uh, the thumbs down category. Um, so I just found it interesting when I saw the number was like significantly higher. Uh, and then the question of the day now, this morning, with a fourth wave looming, should kids be returning to the classroom? Yes or no? You can cast your vote cjob.com and I will put that up on Twitter, I promise. I forgot to do it yesterday, quick. <laughs> 
will not admonish you for that. You juggle many things in your pilot's uh, chair there uh, in the main studio. So uh, no apology required on that, buddy. Mackling and McGarry, the music your parents got you into. Music your parents introduced you to, or maybe the music you hate because of your parents. Talking about this because Charlie Watts, drummer of uh, Rolling Stones, has died at age 80. And uh, ACDC, who made who? Who's this coming from, G-Max? This is coming from Mike, and he's flipping the script a little bit. Uh-oh. When I was 13, I had the ACDC cassette, Who Made Who? I played the hell out of that tape over and over again, just blaring it all the time. My dad would say, turn that garbage off. (laughs) Then I would turn it up louder and then get my ghetto blaster taken away for a week or so. Then I'd get it back and blast the music even louder. That tape finally got eaten as cassette tapes were bound to do. So I went went and bought another one. It's very funny now as my dad used to hate ACDC. Now they are one of his favorite bands. His favorite song (laughs) from them is Highway to Hell. (laughs) Go Blue! That's from Mike the Flames fan. (laughs) boy, Mike. So keep your stories coming at 204-780-6868. Donna saying regarding the music, I love a wide variety, but the one that brings a smile to my face is the old-timey polka music and Ukrainian dance music that my parents shared with us when we learned to dance with my dad and my grandpa, having so much fun, family times. Donna, that's great. Some polka. Polka, polka, polka. You're thinking of John Candy in Home Alone. (laughs) I do, exactly. I'm picturing him in the uh, airport in Home Alone. Uh, What's coming up in sports, Greg? More strife for the unvaccinated in the Canadian sports landscape. What was the name of their band? John Candy's band in Home Alone. Have to look that up. A young Winnipegger, Greg, who is cycling across Canada, is set to roll into Winnipeg today. Riley Nepinak is raising funds and awareness for the Tatasquiak Cree Nation, which is in a state of emergency. They've lost 13 young people to suicide in the past year, and Riley joins us now. Good morning, friend. How are you? Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me. Well, are you kidding me? It's great to catch up with you again. Where are you right now as we speak? I'm actually uh, right at the edge of Portage of the Prairie right now, meeting with a few of the youth of Tatasquik and some other Winnipeg bikers. When, and uh, what time do you anticipate that you're going to la- arrive in Winnipeg? Um, ETA is noon at Memorial Park. Uh, we're going to do our best to get there at that time. It's a little hard to project, but it depends on the wind. Wind is always an issue. How has the wind been? How has the weather been overall? Obviously, when you started things, you were in the midst of a heat wave in British Columbia, and then things have sort of cooled off. You didn't run into any of that snow that I saw up in Kananaskis country in Alberta a few days ago, did you? No, I was, I was fortunate not to run into any snow, and it actually didn't start raining until I, right when I got into Alberta. And, you know, they really needed the rain, and... Uh, but it was kind of nice to get into some flat lands before the rain came. Yeah, so you told us when we talked to you on August 16th that you were expecting, that you were anticipating to be in Winnipeg on August 25th. And like clockwork, here you are set to arrive today. So I guess like that means overall that the ride's been pretty smooth? The ride's been pretty smooth. I've been lucky to have an awesome support team to meet me at checkpoints and refuel me. And, uh, you know, the, the wind uh, was a little 
was a little uh, heavy uh, at the end of Saskatchewan, but uh, you know, it's it's been a great journey so far. So when we spoke to you on the 16th, you were pretty close already to your goal of $10,000. Have you adjusted that goal and where are you at in terms of fundraising, Riley? Oh, we're at 16000 right now. So super excited because, you know, I still have the East Coast ride to do. And, uh, you know, we're, we're already surpassing my goal. So. That's incredible. The goal is ten thousand. You're already at sixteen thousand, and you're not even halfway across Canada yet. Um, can you maybe just remind us as well, once again, what you plan to do with the money that you're raising? Of course, yeah. Um, so all of the money that is raised is going to be, you know, the youth are going to be solely in charge of allocating those funds to however they see fit in their community. After we host a youth town hall, we hear their ideas. And, you know, kind of let their, you know, voices be heard. So they'll, they'll be totally in charge of how this money is spent. Riley, in terms of raising awareness for what's been happening at Tasqueyac Cree Nation and, and other Indigenous communities in our country, what's the feedback been? I'm only guessing you've had some pretty fascinating conversations when you're not on the bicycle. Uh, the feedback's been great. You know, I've been getting lots of feedback from people all over Turtle Island, uh, but especially the members of Tataskwit themselves, they've been, they've been messaging me daily, um, checking up on me and, and telling me how important this means to them. And so that's been so much motivation and uh, momentum for this ride. So if somebody listening right now wants to make a contribution to your cause, uh, can they just Google your name perhaps and GoFundMe? Yeah, Google Tataskwit GoFundMe or Riley Nepenak Tataskwit. It should pop up, or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Riley Nepenak as well. I always keep the link uh, for the GoFundMe on my pages, so, yep. Okay, and as far as the wind is concerned, uh, looks like today wind becoming northwest 20 kilometers an hour. So, Greg, would that be, that'd be, that's good for Riley, isn't it? Well, it's, it's better than it would be if it was out of the southeast in the diametrically opposite uh, direction, that's for sure. So you might get a little bit of help for, uh, with that, Riley. But uh, talk about the group that's joining you before we let you go and the, and the lift they're going to give you for this last 70 kilometers or so into Winnipeg. Uh, about the group joining me? Yes, Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we're uh, actually going to be meeting up with 11 youth from Tataskwik, and they bust all the way down here from their community in Split Lake. And that's like a 10-hour, 11-hour uh, bus ride. So you, they're tired, but they're really excited to join me. And, uh, you know, this is going to be a really great experience for all of us. All right. Well, Riley Napanak, thank you very much for joining us once again. Before we, you go, when is – are you – you had the date down right to the – to the second as to when you're coming into Winnipeg, when are you anticipating that you will land in Halifax? Uh, you know what? If things uh, go well, uh, my body stays good and the w- the weather stays good, I'm um, projecting around September 19th, September 20th, around there. All right. Well, well done so far, sir. Keep it going. Looks like you're well on your way to making a lot of money for a really great cause. Uh, congratulations on what you're doing, Riley. Thank you so much, guys. It is 7.56 on 6.80 CJOB. Just when I, whenever I hear stories like this of people saying, you know what, I want to raise some money, I want to do some good in this world, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna ride a bike across Canada. I don't even want to think about riding my bike across the city. 
I don't have a bike, but if I had one, I'm not doing that. No, and uh, just what an incredible act, what an incredible gesture by Riley and, the, and this awareness that he's he's bringing to the situation uh, up near Cross Lake at Tatasquiak is uh, tremendous. So our hats off, our, our love, our respect to Riley Nepnek. Also, I don't know if you heard, uh, did you hear that weird, like, uh, jingle sound i did i didn't know if it was in my headphones off air or on air yeah i i don't know what that was so in case you're listening and we're wondering what that was i have no idea what that was we cannot uh, solve mysteries at the moment so we'll have to get to work on that so that doesn't happen again (music) mackling and mcgarry mcnab back tomorrow we're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about the music that your parents introduced you to. Do you like it? Do you hate it? Chance to win bomber tickets for Sunday against Calgary. Talking about this because Charlie Watts, drummer of the Rolling Stones, has died at age 80. And for a lot of us, the Rolling Stones might have been music that our parents listened to. Maybe it's music that you now passed down to your kids if you've got kids. And uh, I've got a great text here, GMAC at 204-780-6868. It has to do with television and the radio more particularly, but it's uh, along the same line. And while we need to celebrate this when people share text messages like this one, growing up, my mom annoyingly had me uh, watching the Weather Channel on the TV and CJOB playing on the radio. Now that I'm in my 50s, all I listen to is CJOB. Thank you very much for that text message. Keep them coming at 204-780-6868. And we'll give those tickets away just after 9.15. Sorry, I was distracted by the reflection of, you know, clouds breaking. It's nice to see some blue sky. Okay, so yesterday we heard from Premier Brian Pallister and Dr. Brent Rusin. Very few of our cases are fully vaccinated. Even fewer are in the hospital and you know, almost none are in ICU. So um, we're going to continue to try to get as many Manitobans vaccinated as quickly as possible to really uh, uh, decrease the effects of this fourth wave. So, of course, they laid the groundwork for uh, the fact that they're going to now require vaccinations for a lot of provincial uh, frontline workers who work with vulnerable populations or work with the public, or they'll be subject to onerous and frequent testing for COVID-19. We also learned the mask mandate is coming back for indoor public spaces. Uh, No word on that yet. And the list of activities that you'll have access to if you are not fully vaccinated is going to go up, and we're going to get details on that on Thursday and Friday. So that was at 11.30, and then at 2 o'clock, Greg, we heard from uh, Dr. Jazz Atwal. Yeah, and Dr. Atwal said that health that, that there simply aren't enough Manitobans vaccinated to avoid a fourth wave of COVID-19, and there is a major concern on what that could mean for our hospitals. Here is Global's Will Reimer with more. COVID-19 trends right now are being described as low and stable. If they continue, a fourth wave of the virus may not even arrive before winter. But the Delta variant and influenza season could overwhelm the healthcare system in months. The current COVID-19 modeling shows that ICU capacity needs could reach 80 beds for COVID-19 alone within a month from the start of when a fourth wave would commence. Dr. Jazz Atwell, Deputy Chief Public Health Officer, says in such a situation, the health system would have no choice but to once again pull workers from other areas to staff intensive care units. 
Modeling released Tuesday shows in an extreme scenario, Manitoba could see over 1,000 daily cases within roughly three months of a fourth wave beginning. But Dr. Atwell says increased levels of vaccination and observing the fundamentals could avoid that. He says they're also looking at new public health orders to stem the surge. This includes implementing a mass mandate for indoor spaces and looking at requiring people to be fully immunized to access many indoor spaces. What we want is to avoid another set of widespread lockdowns. Dr. Atwell wouldn't say which path he thinks the province is likely to follow and says it's impossible to know when a fourth wave will begin. Will Reimer, Global News. So those are some of the numbers, some of the projections that have been asked for for weeks and weeks now. And so the, I guess there was a little bit of consternation, Brett, about releasing these. And uh, I don't know why. We can guess why. But he, here's the thing. Uh, three, four weeks ago, this uh, mask mandate that we had in place for months and months went away. And surprise, surprise, what happened? The vaccination, the daily vaccination rates almost ground to a halt mm-hmm. entirely. And because I think there was a signal for a lot of people that we're through this. The worst of it is over. And so now what health officials are saying, we're being proactive. Hands hands up if you appreciate that. I absolutely do. I applaud you for, for being proactive on this. And in conjunction to all these changes, the mask mandate coming back and other changes we're implementing, we need to get back on the vaccination train. That's right, because that number that he mentioned a thousand cases per day in an extreme scenario still that's higher than anything we've had so far and those are the the same type of projections are happening across the country bc projecting in a worst case scenario 10,000 cases a day so we are not through this and steps are being taken to try to make sure that doesn't happen and as well on that vaccination front greg as the delta driven fourth wave continues across canada Uh, Health experts saying those vaccination rates need to stay up. Currently, around 75% of eligible Canadians are fully vaccinated. So to help with that final push, a campaign called This Is Our Shot is offering incentives called Rewards for Change for people who get the jab. There are chances to win everyday prizes include airline tickets, travel rewards, and tickets to concerts and sporting events. So Dr. Tally Bogler at St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto says getting a double dose is especially important as children, and that's what we're talking about today. One of the main topics is back to school versus the fourth wave. It's especially important as children head back to school. Until kids are able to get vaccinated under 12 years of age, we need to do the best that we can to create that circle, that ring of support, that ring of protection around them. And that's me and you and our teachers and everyone that comes into contact with our children, they all need to be vaccinated. And that's the best shield we have for our children until they're eligible for vaccines. So all Canadians already vaccinated and those vaccinated by September 9th are eligible. So if you've been vaccinated, you can register online at thisisourshot.ca. It looks like they've got like 3,000 prizes up for grabs, GMAC. So what the heck? Can't hurt to take a look and see what they've got there. Absolutely not. Uh, throw your hat in the ring. Get your just reward for uh, doing what many believe to be the right thing for everyone. And, you know, I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, too, that 75% number sounds pretty good, but that 75% of the eligible population. That does not indicate the the number or the percentage of our total population that's vaccinated. And that takes us down into the 60 percentages uh, when you do that math. So um, 
If you want to protect kids, that's under 11. That We have to carry that load. That's That's our job because they can't get the vaccination. Good morning, Eminem. Hello, boys. Hi, Hal. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, you mentioned the McDonald's uh, chat coming up here. I'll just say then that it's banana split day. Yeah. Uh, today. Yeah. Ooey gooey. Mmm. And all served in a boat. All served in a boat. Was it Dutch made that used to have, uh, you could get a free banana split on your birthday back in the day, Hal? Do you remember oh, that? Oh, really? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I remember one ice Maybe that was, uh, was that Dutch boy in um, uh, Osborne Village? Yeah, Dutch boy, yeah. Dutch boy, Dutch made, the purple purple yeah. place, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, speaking of food, you know what uh, returned yesterday at Starbucks? Pumpkin spice latte. No, no, oh, no, no, is that no. today? <laughs> it's August. Yesterday. Oh, I think yes, yeah. <laughs> it gets earlier every year. Um, I think it was actually officially yesterday. Uh, you can also get the uh, the pumpkin cream cold brew, and then of course the uh, pumpkin cheese, uh, pumpkin cream cheese muffin, pumpkin scone. They've got pumpkin loaf, and now this year apparently they've got a new drink for fall. Mm. It's the apple crisp macchiato. Oh. Mm. If and I was you can into get that, uh, hot or cold, if you want. If I was into the, their coffees, that that might be something worth trying. Yeah, the 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 PSL crowd, they they love this stuff. Yeah, uh, and you're right, because I think it started in August last year, mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and the, I mean, the weather certainly kind of makes one want sort to of. crave fall stuff. But, yeah, I know. noticed pumpkin spice Timbits and and similar stuff at Tim Hortons this morning. Now that you mention it, Hal, but uh, well, they've all got the, the the pumpkin spice now. Everybody's got it, right? Uh, and it is good, but it is like, come yeah. on, let's not over <laughs> let's not overuse it. Gee, yeah, I, I can't help but look at all the pumpkin spice stuff on menus and think, man, I should have invested in pumpkin spice 15 <laughs> years ago, you know? It's one of those missed opportunities, I think, an investment opportunity. Well, how could you have uh, pre- predicted that, though? Oh, like, what crystal exactly. ball would have said, pumpkin spice is going to be one <laughs> yeah. of the biggest crazes on planet right. Earth? Maybe if we remake Trading Places or, uh, with uh, Eddie Murphy and yeah. Dan Aykroyd, instead of the orange juice futures, we could talk about pumpkin <laughs> yes. spice futures instead. I like it. I like it. I like it. I saw this headline, and I thought of you, Brett, because, of course, you were one of the two couch potatoes. Jeff Brown, the other one. Uh, headline, couch potatoes, seven times more likely to suffer a stroke. Oh, no. <laughs> now, I don't think it's referring to you and Jeff in particular, uh, but certainly sitting on your butt uh, watching TV or, or in front of a screen of one kind or another, not good for you. They say, on average, uh, adults spend, I couldn't, you know, this number, I guess it doesn't surprise me, but it is sort of shocking. On average, adults spend 10 and a half hours a day using a smartphone or computer or watching TV. Think about that, 10 and a half hours. But here we are in the radio biz, and what do we do all day? We sit on our butts preparing a show or doing a show, and then when we're done, uh, God love you, Brett, you get out and walk and, and do more of that uh, than I do. Um, but yeah, we spend a lot of time sitting around and it increases our uh, chances of a stroke, they say, by seven times. Sitting is the new smoking, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Uh, and they, go ahead, Brett. I was just going to say, when I'm at home, I actually try 
as much as I can not to sit on my couch. If I'm watching TV, I'll up and uh, move my coffee table out of the way and, and sit, yep. e- try to do some exercises on the floor or even just sit on the floor because then I'm yep. constantly sort of fidgeting and moving around to try to get comfortable. But uh, uh, yeah, because yeah, if I, I find I just feel like such a bump on a log if I park it on the couch. Well, and I've got that treadmill right in front of the TV, and, and I do get on it uh, more there, I think, than if it was somewhere else. But, yeah, it's it's a challenge. And it's good that you mentioned moving because I was reading another article where they say, you know that goal of 10,000 steps, everybody's going for 10,000 steps. Well, health experts say that's okay, but it's not the right goal. The goal is to move, move as much as you can every day. They say that's a better goal. And they say as far as 10,000 steps are concerned, seven to 8,000 steps is usually enough to get the health benefits. But they say just moving around, um, just always on the move, uh, is, uh, is a better way to, uh, uh, to attack it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And speaking of moving, have you heard of it? Here's another. I love new terms, as you know, and I, I saw this one, and I immediately thought of my uh, dog, Peter, who's no longer around, uh, dog zoomies. Have you heard of this, uh, Greg? Dog zoomies? No, tell me more, though. Okay, this is your pet running around at full speed for no apparent reason. <laughs> and Peta, my dog, Peta, used to, I would often, you know, call her up on the bed, and she'd hop up on the bed, and that was a big deal for her. She was excited to be on the bed. And then she would just spin in a circle. Like, just, it was nuts how fast she could spin. That's uh, basically a dog zoomie or a dog that just runs and runs and runs and runs. And I guess it's because... I mean, even elephants do this. I guess other animals do it, too. Cats, rabbits, ferrets, elephants wouldn't want to be around a, an Whoa. elephant zoomie, that's for sure. <laughs> Boy, that could, be, that could be dangerous. But I guess it happens because the animals get pent-up energy, mm. and they say if your uh, dog or, or animal does it all the time, constantly, it's their way of saying, hey... Put a leash on me and let's go for a walk. That makes complete sense. And Whiskey does that. We call it his witching hour. He seems to do it around the same time every day, whether he's had a long walk or not. So I will pay a little bit closer attention to it, though, because I I was wondering if he was just being a jerk or looking for a a walk. Mm Yeah, Cat, cats usually do it at three in the morning. Well, right. Yeah, when you're trying to sleep, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And one more quick one here. I think we're going to talk more about this on my show today because I thought this was interesting. A new study says that teens, young people, fall for online scams faster than their grandparents, right? I mean, I worry about my mom. I know uh, often we worry about our parents or our grandparents getting scammed, but apparently uh, teens, young people, are more apt to be scammed. I guess we, one one of the people in, involved in this study says we go to school, we learn about math and science, we learn about drugs and sex even, but we don't learn about online safety in the Head the uh, author on the study says under 20 group being scammed online at a faster rate than any other age group. So there you go. That's interesting, but I guess that makes sense, right? Because they probably see something, get excited about it. You know, they don't even take the second to to think about it. Uh, Impulsiveness, yeah, combined mm-hmm. with the fact that they're very familiar with the technology, they probably trust the technology more than yep. we do. I could see a lot of pitfalls there. Thanks for the heads up on this one, now, Hal. I'll be yeah. having a chat with the Twin Towers about it. <laughs> there you go. And I think with age comes caution, right? Maybe a little older, you're a little more, I don't know, it seems too good to be true. Anyhow, I thought that was kind of interesting. Guys, have a great day.
Hal Anderson Afternoons. He's on from 12.30 until 3, and he has a tickets and treats pass for two for Landmark Cinemas today and a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza. Greg, I don't know if you remember this. This was, I think, a year ago, year and a half, but uh, one of our own colleagues, <laughs> and I'm not going to out this person, but one of our own colleagues fell for a, secu- a scam test that had been put forth by the company. So the company had us do all these cybersecurity things. I remember that. And then they sent out their own scam. No. And, and one of our colleagues fell for it. Oh, no. <laughs> so I think that actually triggered more cybersecurity training for the rest of us. Oh, I'd like to thank that person for that extra time on the cybersecurity. Look, I don't know if you can talk about that stuff enough or go through enough training for you to no. train your brain because they are pretty clever. They're pretty slick at this stuff. I've been getting a phone call every single day for the last two weeks, and it says Oak Bank, Manitoba. That's all it says in the phone number. And I'm thinking to myself, if you want to talk to me, you'll leave a message. Yeah. I really, the curiosity is about to get to me. I might answer it, but I really don't want to. Uh, my rule is if I don't know who's calling, I do not pick up the phone. And that's the problem, too. You, you, like a, a, lot, a lot of these calls are legitimate. They're genuine. But sure. they, they don't, I guess they can't leave voicemails. I don't really understand that because I got a call three months ago. Uh, and this person had called me three t- like three days in a row, and I finally answered it. And it turned out to be Bell. They mm-hmm. were just checking on my cell phone bill, and they they were they wanted to first let me know that I was eligible for a pretty sweet promotion if I wanted to get a new phone. And while I had them, he said, "Well, uh, are you happy with your bill?" And uh, he he took a look at my bill, made some changes, and my my bill went. He saved forty dollars a month for me. Oh my word! So, but did you ask like why didn't you like? I noticed you've been calling here. It must be on your screen yeah. that you've been calling me over and over again. Why aren't you leaving me a message? I know doctors can't, for the most part. They have to be pretty cryptic if they do. Oh, in fear of somebody else in the house, right? If you were sharing an answering machine or something or a voicemail with somebody else, okay. they've got to be careful. And the banks have to be careful as well for the same reason. Well, it must it must be a privacy thing because you never get voicemails from anybody. And it's always the most annoying thing because we're, you know, we're so untrusting now that we don't we can't even answer the phone for legitimate phone calls because so many calls we get are scam artists. So anyway, uh Talk to your kids, I guess, your teenagers, about scams on the cyber stuff. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back tomorrow as the economy does its best to return to pre-pandemic production levels around the world. Stories of shortages have become commonplace. Yeah, so here's an odd one which highlights the things we never imagined wouldn't be available on demand. This story from the BBC about McDonald's running out of one of their most popular menu items. McDonald's has run out of milkshakes and some bottled drinks at restaurants in England, Scotland, and Wales. The fast food chain said it was facing supply chain issues affecting the availability of shakes and bottled drinks in its 1,250 outlets. An updated statement said it was working hard to limit the impact on deliveries and customers and had taken some items off its menus for now. This from a story in the BBC. Sorry, Greg, my my screen is frozen. Oh, that's okay. So uh, McDonald's confirmed (laughs) 
But I wanted you to read this because of the word it involves here. It confirmed the lorry driver shortage was one of the reasons behind the disruption. And lorries are, of course, Brett? Truck drivers? That's right, trucks. And uh, it's a, in a statement, it says, as reported, a number of issues are impacting retailers in the UK at the moment, one of which is the nation, nationwide pardon me, shortage of HGV drivers. Uh, HGV, I did not translate that. I do not know what that abbreviation means, but uh, we'll go with truck drivers. So they're seeing this uh, in Europe. There's a shortage of about 100,000 truck drivers in Great Britain right now, exacerbated by their uh, them leaving the EU, but also uh, some issues with regards to production. What's the strangest thing that you haven't been able to find in the pandemic? For me, it's cans of Fresca. They were back for a little bit, but they're, they seem to be gone again. The Fresca, the great Fresca shortage. Uh, HGV, by the way, heavy goods vehicle. Oh, very good. Thank you. Um, I got to be honest with you, Greg. I have not really encountered a shortage. I think there were there have been a couple of times where the store has been out of Diet Pop uh, of all kinds, whether it's Diet Pepsi, Diet Coke, or the, the, the Gen- Gennaro brand at whatever store. But uh, that's it. Uh, to be fair, I don't buy a lot of complicated things. So, and my, and my, when I do buy beverages at the store, pretty simple stuff, Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi, Fresca is uh, a little above my pay grade, I think, a little, a little out of my culture level. Oh, my. Well, you know, we've been talking about the things that you, the music that you got from your parents and that you, you thought you might never like. Fresca was that beverage for me from my grandmother. She loved Fresca and we would go to her house and it'd be the only thing she had. So you had to drink it and you did it. At least I did plugging my nose. It wasn't really very good. And then now I confess to loving it. And you know what? It's really good. With a little Cabo Wabo tequila in it, too. Oh! Just so you know. <laughs> Fresca and Cabo Wabo. Maybe you could call it the Fresh Cabo Wabo. I like that. Um, phoning my lawyer. Trademark. <laughs> Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back tomorrow. We are giving away Blue Bomber tickets in our next segment based on the music that your parents introduced you to. For a lot of people, it might be the Rolling Stones. Charlie Watts, drummer, died at the age of 80. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to quickly read this uh, Dan story uh, on, from, on the Rolling Stones. Dan says, back in 94, I was stationed at CFB Shiloh. I had the Voodoo Lounge CD, heard the Stones were coming to Winnipeg. Being in the military, trying to get time to camp out in line for tickets was impossible. So I called my parents. So my father, who never liked my choice of music, got up at 3 a.m. to stand in line at the arena to get me tickets. Oh, come on. Day of the concert, I was having morning coffee at work when my boss asked me what my plans for the weekend were. I said I was heading to Winnipeg right after work to see the Stones that evening. He said, the Stones, that will be an awesome experience. Take the rest of the day off and leave now. Nice. I told him that I couldn't leave as a guy. I was going with was in another section and he couldn't leave. My boss said, no worries. Called my friend's boss, told him to give him the day off. 
So we had awesome seats east side around the 50-yard line. On the east side of the open act was Colin James, but the Stones came out and blew him out. And that's where the text ends. But that's awesome, Dan. That uh, was a great concert, that 94 show. I, I can remember my mom used to clean offices in the middle of the night back in those days. And so I went with her very early the morning that the tickets went on sale for that show with my buddy Daryl Van Herxen. And we had six phones going trying to get through to Ticketmaster for the tickets for for that show and uh, ultimately had to buy some big package, some party at the convention center in order to go. It was a great, great, great show uh, back in 94. So right now we want to have a quick chat. So we'll give those tickets away uh, in our next segment, but we want to have a quick chat about uh, some of the reaction that we get to anytime we talk about COVID or anytime that we talk about the vaccine. And I think it's pretty clear how we feel about vaccination. We've both been vaccinated and we encourage all to do so. But I've also, I mean, there was a point, I will admit that there was a point where I was kind of hard line on, if you're not vaccinated, I don't, I don't want to hear from you. But I had to soften that because one of my oldest friends is not vaccinated. And that was a good moment for me because it made me stop and realize uh, this is not worth arguing about, right? Like I don't want to get into arguments with old friends because he's not anti-vax, he's just waiting. And I didn't even, as it turned out, I didn't even really ask him his reasons. I just thought it doesn't matter uh, because we're golfing, we're outside, it's fine. Um, you do your thing, I'll do mine. Uh, so we, we kept things respectful, and that's how I would like it to be here. Like, your opinions on our text line are always welcome, but I just sometimes, you know, and this is going to sound like we're whining, I don't care. Just sometimes, Greg, the, the, the reactions that we get can be, can be pretty aggressive and, and insulting, and I wish that, that, and it's, it's a reflection of not just what's happening here, but it's a reflection of what's happening everywhere. And I wish that there was less, that we could be more respectful as it pertains to what's going on in the world. And I think sometimes it's just the tone of your message sometimes is the barrier to creating and finding some common ground because you're less inclined to speak with someone who's aggressive with you, calling you names, calling you stupid calling you a uh, purveyor of propaganda. Uh, there's lots of things that I could add to that list. And when it comes right down to it, Brett, you and I, we've chosen to become communicators and hopefully we do that with, with some effectiveness. And I want to know from people uh, why they're feeling the way they are, but I don't really want to engage with you if there is uh, zero respect in the conversation or the opening salvos of a conversation, I will go down the rabbit hole sometimes and hopefully find some common ground. I've found some common ground with somebody this morning uh, that doesn't agree with uh, the mask mandate for kids in schools, thinks kids, wants kids to be kids. Well, I want my kids to be kids too. But my belief on how we get there is different than this person's belief on how we get there. And so we have ultimately the same concern. We have ultimately the same wants and desires. We disagree on how we get there. And the sooner that we could find that common ground and that ability to understand that really we want the same thing, then maybe we can communicate, A, 
respectfully and also agree to disagree. And I think that's something that we've been really, really poor at and and society continues to draw these hard lines where I can't possibly break bread with somebody I disagree with. Uh, I, I disagreed with Brett with nobody more than I disagreed with my grandfather when yeah. he was alive. We were famous for our quote-unquote conversations. Most people <laughs> would consider them arguments. But at the end of it all, I understood where he was coming from, where his values were born, and so we were able to have those conversations constructively for the most part and agree to disagree and hug each other at the end and tell one another that we loved each other uh, without uh, holding a grudge. And we had a, a conversation with a listener that started in in our estimation rather aggressively or confrontationally, but I'm glad that we continued the conversation because we learned some things uh, from this listener uh, who we're not going to name, but uh, this listener says, I will never get the jab. I am a healthy person of nearly 70 years, and I can look after my own health. Maybe Pallister will want to put me in jail. Okay, so that's kind of funny. But then the follow-up text says, oh, by the way, keep the fear-mongering up. You do that so well. So I said, wow, firing a shot across the bow. And uh, this listener goes on to say it would be a very boring time if we couldn't disagree on something once in a while. And I agree. If you agree on everything, that's kind of boring. Sure. But I said, but can we not do it respectfully? We don't barge into your workplace and insult you. And then you, uh, Greg, had uh, put in a follow-up comment about... (laughs) COVID-19 isn't exactly our favorite thing to talk about. 19 months and counting on this. We would love to be bombarding you with uh, election news, uh, stuff from the campaign trail. I I would love to be talking more about uh, sports on the program, uh, the things that are going on in the fields of Manitoba. And we have to do all that stuff. We want to bring you all those stories. But this is the top story, the top thing that is affecting all of our lives. We all want it over. We all want it finished. I want my kids to go back to school. I want my kids to, you know, go back to their sports and their times with their time with their friends and we all want the same things ultimately so anyway the point here i guess is that we invite all conversation but let's just try to keep it a little bit respectful uh, because we want to hear your opinions we want to know if you're angry about something we want to know why you're angry and if you if you're just you have a, a dissenting opinion you're welcome to share it because as this listener pointed out, if we all agreed on the same thing, it'd be boring and there would really be nothing to talk about there because the conversation would be, hey, did you do you like this? Yep. Okay, well then, let's carry on. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back tomorrow. We are giving away bomber tickets for Sunday. Against the Calgary Stampeders, 6 p.m. kickoff at IG Field. And we're asking you about the music that your parents introduced you to, whether you like it or perhaps you don't. But a couple of you have gone the opposite direction in terms of the music that you introduced to them. And uh, do you? See, we got a text from Rui from Nothing But Tech. Oh, hey, Rui, good morning. So do you see Rui's text here? Good morning. He says music that my parents introduced, Portuguese music, every day. Did I like it? No. Do I like it now? Absolutely not. Will I ever probably? <laughs> nope. 
The look they gave me when I introduced Guns N' Roses, now that was classic. I think I got a spanking that one time in my garage when I was playing Get In The Ring. So we actually looked up that song. I said, oh, can we play Get In The Ring by Guns N' Roses? And then Jeff and I thought, now we better check the lyrics for that. And uh, definitely can't play that one. On 680 CJOB. <laughs> and then I was about to play uh, Out to Get Me, and then I looked at the lyrics of that one. I was like, nope, can't do that one either. <laughs> like, I was about to play it. <laughs> so close. <laughs> so, Rui, great stuff. Um, Kyla got us both with this one. Kyla's a runner-up. Uh, we'll read. I'll read Jason's text in a second here, but uh, Greg, why don't you have a go with Kyla's? Well, Kyla got me in the feels on several fronts here. My parents had me when they were 18 in the late 70s. 10 years after I was born. Same situation with my folks, Kyla. I remember a cabinet full of records, ZZ Top, Rolling Stones, but my ultimate favorite, Fleetwood Mac. My mom was pretty cool. We went to a Foo Fighters concert, and to this day is still the best concert I've ever been to. Of course it is. Mom passed away six years ago, but Dad and I went to Fleetwood Mac. Last time they were here, it was like being in the backseat of my parents' vehicle, windows down, not a care in the world. I miss my mom. But that concert was like she was in the room with us. Thank you so much, Kyla. Tremendous. Wonderful story, Kyla. And once again, you've all outdone yourselves. It's it's difficult to make a selection. But Jason, for the win. Jason says, so I'm a huge Christmas fan, just like my mom. And Forte, I've got music queued up for this. Have no fear. Uh, huge Christmas fan, just like my mom. However, one CD during the holiday season... I can't describe how much I hate it. Is Roger Whitaker's Christmas. His voice just drives me crazy. But it's Christmas, so we listened to it, celebrated as per usual. But as soon as I got, as I got married and started my own family, I thought, yes, no more Roger. But my wife grew up with it and loved it, so it wound up back in our house. One year it drove me so crazy, the CD just magically disappeared, hidden, never to be played again. Well, now we have two Roger Whitaker <laughs> CDs. So, Jason. They told me, I love this. We had this growing up, and this still gets played in the McGarry household. My mom loved this. And uh, so my sister, Smash Gordon, and I, we play Roger Whitaker while we're eating dinner, and I love it. Jason, thank you for this. Congratulations, you're going to the Bomber game. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back tomorrow. You're hearing the music of the Rolling Stones. You've been hearing it all morning, Greg. And a great text message as it pertains to the reason why. This concert, if I could have seen the Stones, I was lucky to see them one, two, three times. If I could have seen them only once and anywhere, it would have been at this show. From our listener a few years ago, we were vacationing in Veradero, Cuba. The Rolling Stones decided the last stop on the tour would be in Havana. A free concert in Havana. The hotel we were staring at offered a package and a guided tour to Havana, dinner at a fancy restaurant, and the Rolling Stones concert for $50 a person. (laughs) The guided tour was interesting on the way there. Dinner facing the ocean in Havana was wonderful, but seeing the Rolling Stones, the first Concert in Cuba in 50 years was an amazing experience like nothing I have ever 
had. Wow, that is just tremendous. And, and we have been celebrating Charlie Watts and the Rolling Stones this morning with stories of the parents' music, which eventually became your own. And for many, Greg, that music will include the Stones. Musicologist and creator of the ongoing history of new music is Manitoban Alan Cross. We jump at the opportunity to visit with Alan. So it's under these circumstances, Alan. Now, I tend to be obituary man. When somebody dies, people call me. Well, let's fix that, and let's try and do a better job of, of talking about some other things. Now, we know you were back home for a spell for the first time in a long time, Alan. Hope it was a great visit. Which music your parents introduced you to ended up becoming a part of your forever playlist? Absolutely none. <laughs> really? No, for me and my sister, my parents were not fans of any sort of rock and roll, so we had to sort of surreptitiously pick it up on our own. Uh, and uh, it was yesterday, uh, I was I was on in the afternoon with with you guys, and my my mom is looking at me. You do this for a living? Said, yeah, mom, I've been doing it for a while. <laughs> We sometimes joke with some of our guests that have local connections that go on to do bigger and bigger things. They go, well, now your parents will know you made it to the big time you're on CJOB. And That's it. You know, when I'm on OB, everything is fine. If I'm anywhere else, I don't exist. <laughs> well, that even happened with our global uh, morning, global news morning weather specialist. She says she gets nervous, Kayla Evans, when she comes on CJOB because she knows her parents are, where are they, Greg, in the barn <laughs> listening to CJOB? Yeah, doing their chores listening to CJOB. So she's on TV five days a week, Alan, but when she comes on with us for a three or four minute segment, she's got butterflies because mom and dad are listening. So uh, yeah, if Mr. I- and Mrs. Cross are listening this morning, we say good morning. <laughs> okay. So Charlie Watts, as a drummer, uh, how did he get to so much out of that limited-sized drum kit? Because he was very tasteful. He has, his drum kit was the size of a, like a large jazz kit. And he played Gretsch, you know, which was very, uh, a brand that was used by a lot of jazz players. That was his first love. And if you ever saw Charlie play, it, you know, it was like there was a dress code. Because he would, you know, dress up, and he appeared to be the guy that <laughs> that dropped in to play drums for the Rolling Stones on his way to the office. And uh, he was never flashy, he was never flamboyant, but he was extraordinarily tasteful and restrained. He only played what the song demanded, never less, never more. He his playing served the song. And by being such a, an incredible timekeeper, he was able, able to hold the Rolling Stones together with Mick and Kiefer out front doing whatever they were doing. He was their, 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 the structure upon which everything was built. And no matter how far Keith or Mick wanted to go off in whatever direction they were, they knew that they could, you know, that Charlie was there as the safety net. He would always rescue them and bring them back to the beat. Uh, this isn't uh, meant to be uh, callous or anything, but on what planet does Charlie Watts die before Keith Richards? Like this, this well, doesn't feel know, fair, you know. It, it doesn't. I mean, you know, Keith is going to be around to the heat death of the universe. Uh, however, the, the Charlie death is is actually quite a surprise. Now, he did have his health problems. He had some substance abuse issues back in the eighties. He was a voracious smoker, but he stopped that back in the nineteen eighties. That probably led to his throat cancer in 2004, which required the removal of a couple of lymph nodes. 
and some radiation and chemo. But other than that, you know, next to Nick, he, I guess, would have been the, the, the healthiest of, of the original Stones. Uh, Brian Jones dies in 1969. Bill Wyman uh, retires in 1993. Uh, you know, Keith falls out of a tree. Uh, Nick, a couple of years ago, required uh, some emergency heart surgery. But, you know, there was something wrong with, with, with Charlie that we didn't know about until earlier this year. Now, he is... He was 90 years, 80 years old. Um, and what they, they have a number of makeup dates that they have to play later this year in the U.S., dates that were canceled because of COVID. So as a, a band of this heritage, this age, they undergo physicals pre-tour to make sure that everything is, is fine. It's for insurance reasons. And whatever they discovered with Charlie in his uh, pre tour physical required emergency surgery apparently fairly routine is what we were told but uh on august the 4th we got an announcement saying you know for the first time since 1963 i'm going to miss a gig now talk about an iron man right so uh, uh keith richards associate named steve jordan was going to fill in for 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 charlie and fans were going well wait a second there's never been a rolling stone show ever ever since 1963 without Charlie. So what's wrong? And okay, well, 80 years old, he'll recover. He'll be fine. Um, he'll be able to go on tour again or something later on, but apparently not. And we don't know what the, the true story is. You talked about how he wasn't a flashy drummer. And I'm just, you know, I, I think of some drummers who are flashy, who might you know, throw their drumsticks in the air, spin them around or what have you. Uh, would that have worked if he was flashier in that band, given how flamboyant a frontman Mick Jagger is? He could have probably gotten away with it. I remember, you know, this is the 19, late 1960s when the Stones really, really gathered steam. You know, they were going nowhere until Satisfaction came out in 1965. And then by the time we get to the end of the 60s and, and the beginning of the 70s, I mean, they were one of the biggest bands in the world. And that was the time of the big, flashy drummer. Think of uh, Ginger Baker of Cream or think of Keith Moon of The Who. But the, Charlie understood that the flashy belonged to Mick and Keith and everybody else up front. He was content just to sit back there and do his thing. Um, when you have a powerful frontman like Mick Jagger and when you have a guitarist like Keith Richards, uh, you, you, there's only so much room to go around uh, on stage. So he was content to do what he needed to do. In the studio, though, a different sort of story, because if you listen to some of the songs, uh, you know, you can listen to, you know, Get Off of My Cloud, you can listen to Painted Black, you can listen to Brown Sugar, you can listen to, uh, what else? Uh, Gimme Shelter. I mean, you, you listen to his playing, and you can't imagine anybody other than Charlie playing those parts because they're just perfect. What was it about those parts? You know, I've read some different things about Charlie Watts over the years, but what was it that allowed him in your estimation, Alan, to create the way he did? And I, you know, you released, I think um, 
Actually, it was Eric Alpert, I think, who put out some of the ISO drum tracks on the Twitter yesterday, and I just sat and listened to a bunch of those. And the economical is the word that came to my mind in terms of how Charlie played, but just that, that distinction, that distinctive way of finding a certain sound when required, uh, it, it, that's, that's something you don't teach. That's not something that you can learn. No, no, and that's what made the Rolling Stones such a great band is because each member brought something really, really unique to the party. And uh, you needed somebody to, you know, be sensible. And uh, that was, was Charlie with, with the way he, he played. And, you know, when he was with Bill Wyman, I mean, that was a really formidable rhythm section. And if you have a rhythm section like that, you can do anything you want over top. Because, again, you've got that safety net, that, that structure below to, to hold everything down. Uh, he was, in terms of his timing, uh, like an atomic clock. He, he really, he was really steady. He didn't speed up, didn't slow down. Um, and he never, you know, there were, there were, you know, a lot like Ringo Starr. He, he played the drums as a way of augmenting the instrumentation as well as holding down the beat. And, you know, and, and we can go back to some of those songs that I, that I mentioned earlier. Listen to what he does. And it's, it's never more than what's required, but also never less. Um, you know, Gimme Shelter is my favorite Rolling Stones song. And you, you listen to how he, he um, manages to, to uh, build upon the, 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 um, the sinisterness of the song with, with what he's doing. It's just, it's just brilliant stuff. The website is a journal of musical things.com. He is the host of the ongoing history of new music, Alan Cross, musicologist, Manitoba's own Alan Cross. Alan, thank you as always for joining us. A uh, pleasure. Anytime. It is 947 on 680 CJOB. And by the way, I'm looking at Alan Cross's uh, website here. And uh, at the top now, there's a story that says the baby on the front of Nirvana's Nevermind album has sued. Alleging child pornography. Almost 30 years to the day since the world was introduced to the swimming baby on the cover of Nirvana's uh, Nevermind. So uh, lots of interesting stuff on his website. That album's anniversary, by the way, uh, is next month. I think September 24th is a date, if I'm not mistaken. Another 30th anniversary of incredible music. We're just uh, weeks removed from Metallica's Black Album celebrating its 30th anniversary of its release. So Pearl Jam's in there. Pearl Jam is in there. Soundgarden. Yeah, there's a, a... at least uh, one Def Leppard album in there. Hysteria, I think, was pretty darn good. Uh, was hysteria? Is it Hysteria? Uh, that was it. That was early, that was in the eighties. That was the one with pour some sugar on me, right? Yes. So it was later. I'm trying to remember now. Well, might be the one with uh, Let's Get Rocked. That could be. I, it. I can't but that wasn't that was nearly called. as good. So. Yeah. Anyway, we move on. Uh, some incredible music. Alan Cross, let's uh, make a promise to each other to bring him on to talk about stuff other than when uh, band members die. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got those six. I think there are six albums marking their anniversary in the next uh, coming weeks. Uh, like landmark albums. So we'll have to bring them on to maybe kick that off. Uh, when the first one celebrates its uh, first anniversary. So we'll look forward to that. 
Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.